0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were
1: on a break!
0: With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome to episode... 197 don't, don't something. Do it. Stop. <laughs> I'm Amber Garcia. I'll be your host for today. I'm joined by the usual cast: Nick Inman, David Hellman, uh, Derek Eagleton. He he's still a part of the show, I believe. He's gonna be back next week. Right now, he's having a full graduation party. Uh, three people in his family graduating. I believe his son is graduating from middle I school. I think he
2: just saw on Twitter what was going on. Last week, and it was just. Of, to. Cry. He said, "You know what? If I'm not wanted, after what happened last week, I don't miss him. Good.
1: Oh, cool. Wow. I'm sure he'll hear that. That's okay. <laughs> kidding. Well, kidding. Kidding. We we Derek, do have a lot you. of <laughs> a lot of things to discuss. First of all, Tapper's injury. He suffered a concussion on Tuesday's practice. Uh, somewhat surprising to some, maybe not that surprising to others, due to the fact that he's proud. To be known yeah. to be having, you know, suffering several injuries. <laughs> Poor guy. I feel terrible. I love the guy, but he just, he doesn't get a break.
2: I mean, concussions and OTAs. That's a new one. I mean, that's that's where, you know, when you're injury prone, I mean, that happens. And uh, you're right. I, I Honestly, I hate saying this. I always kind of forget about Tapper until he gets hurt. I mean, like when he comes back up into a headline, like I just, I just don't, you can't count on him right now. You can count on Chaz Green more than you can count on Dapper right now.
3: That's just kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to overreact because I mean, well, with this team concussions can mean lengthier absences than some, but uh, you know, if it's just run of the mill, I mean, that's a, that's a couple of weeks and it's May 31st. So but yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's an unfortunate tendency that he has displayed over the course of his career. He's only appeared in one game, I think, which was the season opener yeah, last Sonic. year. Yeah, right. he did. He did. It's great. Yeah, uh, maybe more than that. But you know, it's just you know, it's it's it sucks for him, and it's kind of unfair because players don't do anything to bring injury on themselves typically, but. You know, when it you know the third time in three years, you're just kind of like, okay, man, cool. He he is the classic example of a guy that
2: will probably just at some point it'll run its course, and they'll move on, and he'll sign with you know Cincinnati and have like eight sacks in a season or something like that. I mean, he he could be somebody else's George
3: Selvey. He's clearly a talented player. Yeah, Um, and I think this is probably his last shot here. Just I mean, he's a fourth round pick. Third year, there's nothing tying you to him significantly, uh, and I think he needs to have a great and healthy training camp. Um, otherwise, I think they'll probably just say, "All right, let's call it what it is." So, and and this is this means nothing in terms of that. Like I said, I mean, I would expect this doesn't affect his availability for training camp at all. So it's just kind of like yeah. I said, it's I th- just I kind think of a bummer when it's a third with, year in a row. With- tapper
2: and you know the writing was on the wall when they drafted Dorrance armstrong another fourth round pick that it's like you know he's now he's got that same role that tapper had so
3: that's um, i I don't think there's there's no guarantee tapper makes this team if he's fully healthy like he needs to be healthy and have a great camp right so and like i said that doesn't mean he won't but it's just an unfortunate setback especially for a non-contact practice or a
1: And and speaking of concussions, uh, Jason Garrett did kind of hit on the whole Rico Gathers topic and what happened there. We were all wondering all last year, why did Gathers disappear from everywhere? You know, we didn't see him around too much, but the whole fact it was that he suffered a concussion. And by the time that he was kind of somewhat healthy, it was at a point that the team was just too far into the season to bring in a guy like him to even give him a chance to play. And when you have Jason Wayne on the field, obviously yeah. that's a given that <laughs> nothing's gonna happen there. But based on the, yesterday's practice, to me watching him this week versus last week, I did see some improvement there. He was making some good blocks and catching the ball, not really dropping it. What were y'all's observation?
2: I mean, like like we said before, he, you know, he's a guy that just stands out for obvious reasons because he's because the size is there. He he looks the part. Uh, he's still figuring out the ins and outs of, of the game. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think this is a critical time for him. I think the OTAs in, in many camps are bigger for him than any other person just because he has to show that, that he, he's picking things up, that he can be reliable. It is not about catching the ball and, and all that. It is about making sure your quarterback does not get – you know, sacked because you missed your protection and, and all that. So it's, it's every other little part of the game. That's not about The athleticism, it's the mental part of it. Uh, and this is the really, these are cr- critical
3: moments for him. Not only that, but I think Jason Garrett's willingness to admit that is kind of telling because yeah, uh, let's say it was Blake Jarwin who has been pl- He played college. He played tight end his whole college career. I assume he's been playing tight end since he was like, yeah. you know, 13 or 14 years old, whatever. Uh, if, if that were him, they would bring him back and let him, he's practicing. He needs to practice. He needs to to get better. He needs to, uh, he can play scout team and contribute and give you looks that is going to mimic what the opponent's going to do. They didn't even want to do that with Rico, which means they don't even trust him to do that. They don't trust him to give you good looks in practice and do scout team stuff and play special teams. Like, if if you're not willing to bring him back and let him practice and do stuff that means you have no confidence that he can even get a jersey on Sunday.
2: Um I, I
3: disagree a little bit
2: because you had to make a decision to bring him back. You've got to either knock somebody off the roster right. or cut him and put him on the practice squad. And I don't think they felt like they could get him
3: through. But that's I mean you can't knock somebody else off the it, it kind of, you know, I mean I don't want to give away what we're going to talk about later, but it reminds me of the Darius Jackson thing that yeah. I harped on for so long. It's like, you couldn't find somebody else. Like if he was really going to be able to help you, mm-hmm. if you had even a shred of confidence that he'd be able to help you during the course yeah. of the season, you could find somebody to get rid of. And it's and- easier to say that now too, when you're, when you go nine to seven and it didn't
2: matter anyways, so yeah. it's, it's easier to guy There's a linebacker. There's a, Justin Marshall or somebody
3: who I, I guess I, my I, po- I know you're the you know there are a lot of fans out there who you know he, he can he can do something he can be a red zone threat he's he's the goat in waiting whereas maybe they're wrong but the way they view him is they're like he's so far behind he's got so much to learn that we can't do anything with him during the six game six day grind of the season goes back to my point this is why these are so critical
1: for him these practices yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and give the quick roster update. On Tuesday, the Cowboys released rookie free agents Malik Earl and Ed Shockley and signed linebacker Eric Pinkins, right? Pinkins. Pinkins, yeah. Pinkins. To add a little bit of depth <laughs> there at the linebacker position. That's fun And to say. yesterday, they released guard Jake Robertson and defensive tackle DeQuinton Osborne and signed wide receiver Mikali McKay. Hopefully I'm saying this name right. McKay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> defensive tackle Antoine Woods. And your guy, Darius Jackson. Woo! Okay, now yeah! this, this brings back. some question. Okay, what is going to happen at the running back position? Darius this... Jackson's
3: about to go for 1,000. That's what's about to okay, happen. Okay, so where does Sorry. that leave
1: okay. Bo Scarborough?
2: Well, you know, Zeke may not get to play if Darius Jackson's coming. If
3: Darius back. Jack, I mean, Zeke <laughs> better
2: watch it. What, what is the deal with this, with, with you? Like, I
3: mean... What, what is the where's the what excitement makes him so
1: from? exciting to you
3: to you and On, not the other teams okay. that haven't picked him up? <laughs> it, it it doesn't. I mean, in, in I'm not dumb in the grand. I, I mean, he's he's a back end of the depth chart running back. Um, This is more about what the Cowboys. Well, they, not, no, like, it's, a, li- it's a little in. bit of both. He he's just, OK. For those of you who don't remember, if you're listening to this show, I'm sure you do. He's a sixth-round pick of the count. They drafted him before they drafted Rico, the the great hype gathers. Uh, he had a great training camp. Like, he played special teams. He was good in the opportunities that he got. I thought he, w- he had really impressive quickness and shiftiness. And then kind of going back to my point about Rico, he was good enough that they kept him on the roster for three months despite he never got a jersey. He could not get off the inactives list, which – not trying to be mean, but like, that's, it's just kind of a waste. If you just, if from week to week, you can't even get active once. I mean, you're just carrying him for basically depth purposes and for future and for the future. Yeah. And so that says a lot when you carry a guy for 12 weeks that you don't think can help you on a game day. And then, uh, you know, Darren McFadden came off of NFI and Randy Gregory came back from suspension and they cut him. And I bet they thought they could get him to the practice squad and they didn't. And, it was never for me about that. I thought Darius Jackson was this amazing player. I just thought the logic didn't make sense. I thought it was stupid. Um, and so clearly, it worked. It worked out. I mean, the Cowboys still have a great running back. Their running back situation looks fine. And Darius, you know, he. he I actually talked to him yesterday. He had a whole. Uh, he called it a really humbling year. I mean, he wound up in Cleveland. He got hurt in Cleveland, was on IR with an ACL all last year. And then as soon as he was healthy and, like, excited about contributing there, you know, ah, we're good. Bye. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you get a real look at what the NFL is like when you're unemployed and maybe only two or three teams are interested in talking to you.
1: And comes comes back yesterday yeah. and gets the ball <laughs> – gets one play yeah gets one, what happened no, in that play
3: I, I, he nothing he didn't <laughs> they threw him guy. i mean it, it's fine and the
1: no, first yeah coming back to and, answer you know. to
3: answer your question it, it doesn't mean anything i mean yeah yeah zeke is that you still got zeke and then i would you know rod smith is the number two as far as i'm concerned
1: but again a lot of people were very hyped with bow
3: yeah. Well, you know, coming
1: off the draft. So what happens there with that third spot
3: competition, man? And that's, you know, the the one thing that we've been saying about Bo is everybody's hyped about him because he's super talented, a known name from a big name program. But he's a seventh round pick. There's no there's no guarantee he makes this team. Uh, and Darius is a guy with experience on special teams. So competition. I mean, I'd be. I would be surprised if both of those guys made the team. And so I would guess, if we're being real, obviously Darius is my guy, but I would bet that they hope Bo beats him. Bo is yeah. better than him in camp. I um, mean, it's what more can you do? And, yeah, exactly. And Scarborough should be a guy. Which well, and I think that Darius Jackson's a great guy to compete because Darius Jackson's a guy who can do multiple things uh, and gives you a look. I mean, he's got the talent to be your third running back, but he can also, he can do I kick mean, return. He can do all that type. This of stuff.
2: is also a team that, that would love to play Zeke one to seven snaps in the whole preseason.
3: You know, that's yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they, they don't
2: want him carrying the ball. Absolutely. So anybody else that can carry the ball so, and finish
3: these games would be great. I don't think it's remotely a lock that Darius makes the team. And I, I'm gonna go as far as to say I would be surprised, but I would I wouldn't bet money on it. I still, you know, I think Bo Scarborough is probably the guy, but quality competition in a spot where they wanted some.
2: The other of the other moves, you know, I thought Osborne was doing some decent things, and uh, and Shockley was a guy that I thought had a chance to kind of, you know, be a contributor and maybe be a special teams guy, but. You know, when when it's this early in the game and and they they say now we're moving on. I mean, they obviously didn't flash at all. This is the this is the time
3: of year when you just keep churning that roster, as Bill Parcells used to say. And you you definitely do. But I always think it's funny, like. You know, Stephen Jones said it like two days ago. when We talked to him at a press conference. He's like, you know, it's it's shorts and jerseys. It's cool to see him move, but what can you really see? Well, if you don't think a guy's got anything, you can see that apparently because you're cutting people. Yeah, and a lot of it, as I said with Rico, a
2: lot of it is is more than that. It's it's just they get in these meetings, they know who's picking it up and who isn't, and you know that that's a good point. Those too, aren't yeah. things that we see right now, but but they yeah. they definitely know. How far along is this guy from, from actually getting this thing? Yeah. Would you trust him? Like, no way. Yeah, it's true.
1: So we're in at a transition point in this Cowboys team, uh, transitioning to a youth, younger yeah. group. And we've talked about Six's role into becoming that kind of leader. We already know Dak Prescott has been that leader. So, Nick, you know, for Dave and I, we it feels like we're back in college. We We fit right in, but... <laughs> Is that right? But you, pretty much. You okay. know, we're pretty close. I
3: am, it, I appreciate you giving me those years back. Thank you. You
1: are on. Yeah, we're Thank on you. that comes, side. Here now, comes Nick, a dig
3: in about three, two. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Nick, you uh-huh. know, you're, you're in yeah. another generation. Okay. Um, kind of different day. Sure. <laughs> so I'm going to direct this question to you okay. since that seemed to be a theme in yesterday's locker room. A lot of people asking everyone, you know, th- this whole youth movement. How how does it feel to be in there and see all these young guys and yeah. all of a sudden not have all those veteran guys and just?
2: I think it's interesting. Obviously, when you, when you see you know when you've seen these guys for so many years and and now that they're no longer there and and who's going to fill that role? I mean, it, there's always somebody that that fills that leadership role or you know fills that role of. I'm cranky all the time I mean somebody's gonna do gonna have have um, you know th- these different roles so you know for me I, I look at it like yeah it's interesting but also I remember way back in the day like before I covered this team the Cowboys were one of the youngest teams in the league in 1992 and and, and they won the Super Bowl if you're really good I, it doesn't really matter um zeke can be a vocal leader if you want but you know pick up Pick up the first down on third and two. Keep doing that, and that'll speak loudly um, with, with his actions. I, I, I think leadership is is important, but there's obviously different ways to lead. And so somebody will fill that role. I think Sean Lee's going to do a nice job on, uh, overall. I think some guys on offense will do that. And I think it, it opens up things for a guy like Alan Hearns to say, I, I'm new, but yet I've still seen a lot more than a lot of you guys, so I can be a leader. And, and there's not this – this, you know, tiptoeing around, like, who who are you? I mean, look at the receivers. Yeah. Terrence Williams is not even out there. He
3: can't lead right now. Throw uh, Deontay Thompson and Tavon Austin Thompson, in there, too.
2: Austin, Hearns. I mean, they've seen more all than the, the guys all that the have been All the new here. guys have more experience than the Gallup. so-called. You know. And it, Cole Beasley needs to, you know, he's the one guy that can, that can kind yeah. of step up and do that. And I yeah. know we're going to talk about him in some other ways. But, you know, I think Cole's a guy that, that's been around and will understand this offense more yeah. than anybody
1: now we've been wondering who's gonna be that guy that turns into des brian as far as being vocal and you know hyping everyone up around him so yesterday i heard something pretty interesting i don't know if either of you heard this but i'm gonna make you guess right now who is that guy not on offense just in the team who is that vocal guy that kind of talks trash and dave do it who is it
3: hey Oh, she said not on offense. Oh not okay, on offense. Okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean But that we uh, can get into that. That's yeah. the Zeke? I, I mean
2: <laughs> I would guess I love that that's Zeke's impression. Hey. <laughs> it's, yeah. Who would uh, be your guess? I would guess Jordan Lewis.
1: No. Nah.
2: I don't think so. You know? Uh, not not trash talking.
1: On the D um, line.
2: That that
3: line all or, or nothing segment left an impression on me. Well, I don't know. Maybe I need to really watch that. Um
1: okay taco crawford, charlton really taco charlton. i never i never so would it, have said it, this that, is that why, this is why Hold it was on. hilarious you to me you have to talk you have so to that, apparently apparently he was he called himself the biggest trash talker on, okay on there. so apparently and then the media went up to crawford and asked crawford about this and crawford of course just laughed he's like well yeah he trash he talks trash all the time mostly to himself like he's yeah, just speaking out loud. No one really pays attention to him. He was saying that he also talks trash to D. Law. So okay. it was pretty. Here, okay, Taco. Unexpected. Okay, taco. Here's,
2: here, here's the. Uh, here, here's what I want to see. Uh, when we're at training camp and those one-on-one drills are going on, and it's Tacos lining up against Tyron Smith or Lyle Collins, whatever. And then and then keep talking trash like do, do something worthy enough for you can continue to talk trash if if that happens then I think we'll be a will be impressed or b will be like what's wrong with tyron it's the back it, it must be something what's going on because taco just beat him but if he continues to do that I think that's worthy of it but I've never seen a, in, in any sport an, a grade a trash talker that was like a reserve like a backup well maybe he won't be a reserve unless it's that the hate the player for the Lakers. <laughs> the hate. I just thought he was the guy that for the but... Lakers? You are pro- not the Lakers. He used to play for the Lakers. He plays for Golden State now. Swaggy P. What's his name? Nick Young. Nick Young. He's the best. He's a trash talker who gets like six minutes a game. He might get a lot of minutes in this series.
3: He's gonna get whatever. a ring. Is what he's gonna get.
1: Well, Crawford uh, then mentioned that he did. He has seen a lot of growth in that's a um, child Okay. So,
3: is this just the show where I ride for my guys? Is that what I have to do? Because
1: I like taco too. I like taco Nobody
3: too. Nobody likes taco. We, I like
2: him. I think he's going to be like a good
3: player. Too. But I don't think I didn't know we were, we were like
2: jumped up to trash talking status. See, I thought but, we were just like, hey, he might surprise some people. I didn't think we're
3: already. I see to- that it, level. I see Swaggy it. As, I see it as the opposite of that because good man, like uh, look the part, be the part type of deal. You're a first round pick. You're in your second year. You're not a newbie anymore. You should know the scheme. You're comfortable with your teammates and your coaches. Uh, They need him to take – I mean, they don't need him to be D-Law, but they need him to take a step forward. I think we had a question about this in our mailbag the other day. I said, you know, he played 37% of the snaps last year. He looked like he played better down the second half of the season, but he still – I mean, he wasn't what you want your first-round pick to be. Um, If he can bump that even to just like 50%, And then hopefully the bump and snaps corresponds to better play. I mean, you're talking, you know, if he could even get to like six or seven sacks instead of three, I think that would be huge. And I I think confidence was a big thing for him last year, too. I don't I don't necessarily know that he had it, at least what you would want from your first round pick. So if he's got the confidence to be trash talking the starters and the established guys on the team, I think that's great. Don't don't be it gets humble. Get the You're, energy up. Yeah, David, get the energy know? up. Well, You're I first heard
2: first you rampant. say trash talking with the D line, but I mean, I still haven't seen him trash talk with the O line.
3: Yeah, I don't. Well, well nice. let's
1: wait until training camp and let's see how, how that but goes. But let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're gonna answer this question: Is being fat really the reason why David Irving is not practicing? I don't know. Let's find out when we come back. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird
0: ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built
1: BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com.
0: What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a Dr.
3: Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for
0: soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. (laughs) So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave to work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions and warranty limitations apply. See you for details. Family... Back
3: to the break.
1: All right, guys. We are back now. Let's go over the guys that didn't practice yesterday. We had Sean Lee, DeMarcus Lawrence out. Veteran day. Just nothing out of the, uh, you know, ordinary. It's fine. All good. Terrence Smith, he just did some conditioning. It wasn't really anything injury related. He was just out. Then we had a few other guys.
2: That's why Taco's getting out.
1: Excited. <laughs> Hyped up.
3: <laughs> Good point.
1: So, Zach Martin, you know, still dealing with the whole contract thing. We have Lewis Neal, uh, Terrence Williams, Malik Collins, Coney Ely. They're out recovering injury. Now, David Irvin is still a big question mark. We know that the whole reasoning as to why he's not practicing out there on the field right now is supposedly because he's a little overweight, out of condition, and. To me, that just doesn't really add up, because if you have a guy like that, why not have him out there on the field, sweating in this 100-degree weather, you know, playing, uh, running around with everyone, not inside of the gym, in a condition, just working out on his you're own. You're
3: kind of like the old, you're old school. Like, you want to do it, two-a-days in Wichita Falls, <laughs> like, just burn that fat off.
1: <laughs> hey, it helps. I like, think absolutely we, and, and it, oh, he's, again, he's doing
2: he's,
3: things. It's not like
1: he go. showed up here rolling. So I mean Wow his, he, he didn't.
3: No, I know, but just like that's just a vivid he, vivid image. David Irving,
2: to me, was a guy that they they love the position flex guys, and they love that about Irving. That he could play defensive end, he could play defensive tackle, he can do both. If somebody gets hurt, he's a good guy that can move things around. And I think when he showed up here, he looked a lot like a defensive tackle. So uh and not really an end and i think the we've seen before guys go out there and they're not really ready to play um that's where you you're going to get some injuries too so he's doing some conditioning he, yeah. he's getting into that point and, and this is the point here look at all those guys you just named i mean if you had a fingernail out of place you're probably going to get held out here so I think they're looking for reasons to to make sure you don't have to be forced out there if you're not 100%. You have to be 100%, I think, to to practice right now.
3: Yeah, that's – I mean, you're old school, but this is the new school. It's not – and I know, like, there's plenty of people that think it's terrible the way, like, players get coddled. But you go out there if you haven't – and Irving's been, like, in and out of here. Like, he hasn't been here every day. He comes every now and then, so – if if he's not 100% ready again it's may why do you throw him out there and risk that he does a real injury to himself where you know right now as far as i know he's healthy and just maybe not in great condition i'd rather that than he pull a hammy or do something worse because he's not ready and to be a lot of this in an nfl practice a lot
2: of this could be on him because this is a big year for him this is a contract year uh, getting
3: hurt i will say i mean we we talked about this on, on our mailbag today, too. I mean, he's in a contract year on a one-year deal and has a chance to make a lot of money next year. It is surprising to me that he's not in shape. I mean, it seems like you would want to kind of not give anybody a reason to be annoyed with you this year. And that was the point I was going to make. Sorry, I didn't mean to take it from you. It's <laughs> okay. It was like I a, love
1: Irving, though. I, it was like it a just... pick and roll,
3: like you. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yes, he. If you saw pictures of him when he got here, it was kind of shocking. But at the same time, it's like, oh, these guys are big. Anyways, it's not like he's obese. You he'll know, he, he's good. He's fine. I just want to see him out there.
0: Right now, he's too fat. Uh,
1: there you go. I just, okay. I mean, <laughs>
2: that wasn't me. <laughs> good old Bill. We'll no, I, I I, do think Dave's right. I think that he, he'll get himself
3: ready to go. and Also, voluntary voluntary i know you know people don't want to hear that but it is uh, if if this is an issue if he can't practice in july i'll have a much stronger take than i do right now but otherwise i'm just like yeah okay
1: okay well let's just hope that's the reason there is nothing like hidden behind the curtains you know as far as off field issues that could imply or affect him in other ways that we don't know yet but in the meantime, we'll see what happens there. As far as the OTA yesterday, we saw Beasley playing on the outside. So Cole Beasley has been playing a major role, and as you guys mentioned, it, he kind of has to because who else is left as far as the veteran guys and all that. So what were your first impressions of you know being moving him out of the slot and playing him on the outside?
2: I'm, I'm going to let Dave answer this because I – I don't think it matters much at all. You might have a different opinion, but I, I don't.
3: I don't think it matters in the sense that I don't think Cole Beasley is going to be this team's ex in right. twenty eighteen. But what it says to me is, and I think I said the same thing last week. I'm just, uh, I'm super encouraged by just all the different looks that they're throwing out there. Because again, I mean, you don't have Des Bryant, you don't have Jason Witten. Those are two guys that always lined up in the same spot every time for the last decade. You don't have that. And so I think the way you compensate for that is to just make this offense as multiple as possible. And that Cole Beasley's not going to be running goes from the outside. He's just not. That's dumb. And he needs to do it a couple of times or nobody's ever going to care if he's out there. I mean you you can run you can run routes that benefit Cole Beasley from the outside. I mean he doesn't yeah you can I you can do all you can do a lot of the same stuff. Not everything, but you can do A lot of the same stuff. And it just, again, get as many guys who can play in as many different spots as possible. I think that makes things hard on the defense. I think that is the strength of Dak Prescott. I should know this number exactly,
2: the the width of the field, 53 yards. 53 yards. yards. They got to use every bit of that. I think that's really what Dak friendly is to me. 53 yards wide use it use the field that way they're not going to be a a lot they don't have a lot of vertical threats they don't have a quarterback that they feel like that's his strength so when Beasley lines up on the outside I saw a play yesterday where he lined up out there and Tavon Austin was in the slot and they basically did a scissors route if you will and and you know it was Austin sneaking out the to the other side I think moving him out there just gives him more space to kind of work that middle a little bit um so I, I, they're going to they're gonna use these players. You're going to see a lot of you know jet sweeps and all that stuff. I just think we're going to see more width out here, and which I think is a good thing when you have a great offensive line and a running back that can just spread
3: everything out and then let them run. I think that I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. Dak-friendly means five or maybe six different possible targets on any given play. The defense can't account for all of them adequately – and the guy who has the best matchup gets the ball, and the other five guys shut the hell up and don't care. There should That's be stack
2: one guy on this team that you go into a game and say, we've
3: got to get the ball to him. The rest, it should kind of flow. Yeah. And that hasn't been the case Exa- all the exactly. time. Exactly. Zeke, Zeke is the only person on this team that mandates a certain amount of touches in a game. Yeah, and Everything else is just gravy. Until? And- that Until changes. somebody establishes Until Gallup himself. makes yeah. some
2: plays and you're yeah. like, okay, we got to get him the ball more. Or but, something even, like that.
3: I, but even still, I think a big part of that equation is, let, okay, let's just imagine that Michael Gallup blows up two weeks in a row. If the game plan's not there for him the next week and he has a bad game, that's fine too. And he's a rookie third-round pick and he's not going to fuss about it. I think that's a big part of that. I think that's a big part of being Dak friendly is he doesn't have to stress that Luis. somebody's going to be in his ear that they're in cover one. Or cover two or what you know, I think that's important.
1: Well it's still early to know and figure this out, especially when they have so many wide receivers rotating around, but as of right now, we are into second week of OTAs. Who has been that guy in the wide receiver position that has stood out to you at the moment? Um from the whole group, who would be probably
3: Deontay Thompson. He looks good. It's not even that he looks good, it's that you know and this and this is just me speaking from my own perspective um you know when they sign it's like a vet deal he's a journeyman receiver it's not it was not anything that got anybody super excited it's just like okay this guy can maybe do what Bryce Butler did it's a little bit of insurance if they don't get what they want in the draft you don't have to keep him you, and and they still don't i mean he, there's no guarantee he makes the team. But judging on what he's been doing these first two weeks, he certainly looks like a guy who's going to make the team. I mean, yeah. you know, you think about Tavon Austin. Well, Deontay Thompson's been doing a lot of stuff like that too. I mean, jet sweeps, screen stuff, down the field stuff, running with the first team, playing all over the formation. And I know it's OTAs, and I know one of your top receivers is hurt right now, but uh, he's just very involved and looks very competent at what he's doing.
2: I can see and we did a ranking the other day of the top uh, on our on our side top ten receivers on the team and it's early and I'm sure we'll do that again. We get closer to camp or in camp. But I, I think that there's I think Thompson seems like he would be a guy that would be safe. And there might be a, a spot for one more player on the outside looking in. Like uh, and I I would put Noah Brown in there, I'd put Lance Lenore, um who am I missing here? That's guys that are kind of right there on that verge. Maybe Katie Cannon. to say Cannon, but but um, two of them, if if they can if they can, you know, surpass Deontay Thompson, which seems like that would be
3: kind of tough to do at this point. But it's still it, it's early. I mean, we. Went I, did, to the I game guess start. I sort of in my head was thinking as Deontay Thompson on the outside looking in when you know heading into the. Cedric Wilson's another guy that they can factor into that mix. I view him more as a guy on the inside looking out now. Cedric
1: Wilson? No, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, Deontay Deontay Thompson, Thompson, yeah. Yeah. And now you mentioned uh, Tavon Austin, another guy that, you know, there are still question marks around his name. How are the uh, the Cowboys going to utilize him? We did see Cole Beasley returning punts, and that is something that we thought that would be one of his main jobs, to put Tavon Austin there, but as of right now, We've only seen him with the wide receivers just on offense doing things. So what is? how can the Cowboys take him and put him and utilize him? And we know the Cowboys like him. We know that the Cowboys want him here, and he's a good player, has some speed to him. But what would be that role for him?
2: I think he will return punts. Um, I, I think right now, looking at these drills, they want the guy back there catch the ball and, and 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 be solid and Beasley can do that, but I think when they need to get more dynamic, I think Austin will be there. And, and also, when you're looking at touches in a game, I think it'll make more sense to put Austin there. He's not going to get a ton of touches uh, on offense. He'll get some, but it, it'll it won't be enough where he can't do punt return stuff. Um, I think he will be that guy, and 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 I think he's a wide receiver all the way. I, I and Tyrell, it's third and two, and he gets the ball up the middle then I, he's going to be a wide right receiver for me. And I don't know if – I mean, they, they can call him whatever they want, but I think – and he calls himself a playmaker, which does, is fine.
3: They need more of those. I'm straight up annoyed by what Tavon Austin has done during OTAs, or a better term, what he hasn't, hasn't done. Uh, and I, I assume he's healthy. Like, he's out there. Um, I mean, he does, he does stuff. I'm not saying he doesn't do anything, but like – He's he's not really featured with the first team very much. I haven't been able to get a good look at him, and I hope it's not out of some like you know NFL sense of paranoia that they can't show their hand, you know, because it's it's OTAs and we get to watch two hours a week. Like, and he's got five other years worth of tape. He's been in the NFL for a long time. Like, you're not hiding him from anybody, and so. I kind of wonder if they are. I kind of wonder if they just don't want to show people what they might do with him and so. that's just the really? that's the peak of lame NFL like everything's got to be a state secret like I can go pull up 5 years worth of tape on the guy like you're not going to show me something that I already couldn't have guessed he could do.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, and we know he's going to have the ball and he's going to be going, and, you know, on the outside,
3: sweeps and stuff like that. Um, do you think, I mean, do you think that's fair compared to like the other veteran receivers? It doesn't seem like he's getting as many looks right now. Yeah. In but, the one day a week that we no get one,
2: to go. What, what we know out of Garrett and, and, and Linehan, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I think that they, they don't want it to show all that right now.
1: What about the, in the past? Other teams having trouble finding A good spot for him. I mean, does that play into this to where maybe the Cowboys aren't just quite sure how or, you know, what to do with him?
2: I see this a lot in the NBA, and it happens some in the NFL, too. You get drafted uh because of the things you they think you can do and you get drafted high and you doesn't fit but because you were drafted high and you're making a lot of money they keep doing that they keep pushing you here and the expectations are high and you're never gonna get there and you're just a bust you go to another team less money little bit different scenario and and you can actually fit their role i mean i I think of a guy like leonard davis way back in the day he was number two overall pick had to play tackle because you don't draft a guard that high he wasn't good like that goes to the cowboys plays guard it's better i think austin fresh start for him not as much expectations to carry this offense carry this team be a good role player you're making a million dollars he get the ball in his hands but doesn't have to be every time I, i think it'll be better
3: for him last week we got him we talked to him about just you know like whoa this offense doesn't have a number one receiver does that bother you and He talks like that. That was my douchey TV reporter voice. Not any one specific, just generic. Um, Sounded like somebody specific. I wasn't. Um, No, but he, I mean, he was like, he's like, honestly, the pressure to be that number one receiver can be overwhelming. I mean, he was drafted two spots lower than where Julio Jones was drafted. I mean, just to give you an idea of what you're expecting from a receiver, you draft that high, you know what I mean? And clearly did not produce that. And so I, yeah, I think he's happy to be here where, I mean, if he has a game where he gets 10 touches, that would be awesome, but nobody's expecting him to produce at that level. Um, Not for the price they paid for him. Uh, But no, I think, I think they know exactly what they want to do with him. But they just don't feel like showing us right now, which whatever. Okay,
1: well, a good indicator is that we do know that he's wanted by the Cowboys. He, he. Oh, yeah. No, they, they want him here. And Scott Linehan,
3: guy. Scott Linehan told me last week, like, you know, the same I'll use the same voice. Like, well, is he a running back or a receiver? And he's like, he classify him as a tight end if you want to just get him on the team. So if the offensive coordinator saying that, I think that means they feel pretty good about him in terms of wanting him here and having a good idea of what he can do. I, I love that. Like he told me last week, Whoa, blah, blah, so that means that was you <laughs> that time. You're right. I, I did ask that question, and I didn't do it in that voice. You so. should,
2: though. That would be cool.
3: Scott.
1: Okay, well, let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we're going to discuss the whole safety position and get into all of that in depth. Welcome back to the break. This is the third segment of the show. Uh, Right now in Texas, it's pretty hot weather. Really hot, I would say. So if you're a guy, you definitely need some breathing down there, some venting material that helps you. So, Nick, tell me all about it. How do you fix that issue?
2: Well, I think you you fix it by going to TommyJohn.com. That's really how, how, how you do it. I mean, we've talked so many times about how good it feels, how good it looks! You don't even you don't don't need to adjust anything. But there's one more part of it too that I think gets overlooked a lot, and that's just being able to wear your, your colors with your with your underwear. I mean, you can put the your cowboy star on the Tommy John, customize your Tommy Johns with the team of choice. So TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get twenty percent off your first order. You can also, like I said, wear the star with pride. So Put the star on your star, Tommyjohn.com.
1: Does it feel good when you're watching practice? You're I out was
3: out there for two hours yesterday in the 95-degree heat. I was very uncomfortable in a lot of different ways, but not, okay. not with my underwear because I was wearing Tommyjohn. Thank you, Amber.
1: Nice. Good to know. You know, we just like you guys being comfortable. So if you want to be comfortable, Tommyjohn. So let's move on to – Okay. Let's move on to the safety position. Nick, you had a chance to...
2: I thought we were just talking about that.
1: Okay. You had a chance to talk to Jeff Heath yesterday. And the Cowboys still haven't done... Added anybody new, obviously, because otherwise this would be everywhere on the internet. But they haven't added a veteran guy to come in and help in the safety position. And as of right now, they seem to be comfortable with the guys that they have, especially... Xavier Woods.
2: Yeah, when I talked to Jeff uh, just yesterday, and he was saying that you know he he is the veteran in the guy in the room, and he could remember his first OTA, and it's kind of weird that now everyone kind of looks at him. But I asked him point blank, "Do you feel like the starting safety next to you is on the roster?" And he said, "I do." Not only did he say that, he gave the name. He he said Xavier Woods has you know has the right attitude. He's very versatile. He can do a lot of things with him. He really likes the the kind of. Uh, um, things that he's seeing from him. So, you know, I know Dave's probably going to say, well, what else What else would Jeff Heath say? And, and I get yeah. it, but he said that, he and, and he, he mentioned uh, Xavier Woods. So as as they stand right now, and, and I talked to some other people afterwards because I didn't want to make Jeff look like he was calling the shots here. They, I talked to some, some other people, and they said, right now there's nothing on the horizon for that. I still think they will sign somebody, but as of right now, I, it's... It's Xavier Woods' job to lose right now.
1: But based on the things that we've watched so far, and, you know, we've all been very vocal on the need of a safety here. Dave, I mean, do you feel, from what you've seen, has your opinion changed any?
3: No. I mean, and you know, it's, the, it's the same thing I always say. Like, I'm not trying to hate on Xavier Woods. I just, I think it's strange. Again, I mean, we talked about this top of the show They brought in a guy to compete with Bo Scarborough and up the level of competition at the bottom of the running back depth chart. At the top of the safety depth chart, that is not happening. I I mean, it's Xavier Woods' job to lose to a surprising degree. Not that he's not capable of it, just that typically NFL teams want to make their players earn those types of roles. And I don't know that there's a guy on the roster that can really compete with Xavier Woods between experience, between talent. Uh, and just the numbers. I mean, Kayvon Frazier, uh, he's actually he's had some moments out there, but he's more of a box guy. He, do, he doesn't fill that role for them. And then you got some rookies and Jamil showers. Uh, there's just there's not a true competitor for that spot. So the thing that, that concerns me about
2: the evaluation of safety is that when you when you're looking at in a game, what what are the positions that are really going to test the safety? tight end, and we've seen it on this team a lot, and also speed receivers and guys that can make plays down the field. We've just said it earlier. The Cowboys really don't have that dynamic playmaking threat down the field at receiver. They don't have a tight end that's played more than a few games on this roster. So as we look at OTAs in minicamp – Who's going to really expose Xavier Woods? Who's going to make them look like, oh, my God, we need some help there? I mean, I don't know if it's really going to happen. So these guys could play well in the summer, and we could be like, oh, everything's looking yeah. good. But really, until you get to some of these games and go, you know what? Maybe maybe it's not so great. That's the one thing I kind of I worry about, about seeing how it goes. You may not get a good test of how it's really going
3: and i I forgot somebody too I did uh, Mark Weston Huff. I think he's he's playing second team safety, but again, I mean that's not a name that just inspires a ton of confidence in me and yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, again, all credit in the world to Xavier Woods, and I like Jeff Heath a lot as a player and a person too, but that's what people always say at this time of year. yeah like he's he's picking it up, he's getting it. he looks great out there. he looks confident. And then, you know, we'll see what happens when we're really evaluating these guys in real practices and real football games. And the thing that worries me is if Xavier Woods is not up to it, then you've left yourself in a situation where you don't have anybody else. Right. And so, no, I don't feel differently at all. And I think they will add a safety. I think they will add a safety before we go to training camp or while we're at training camp. I don't know if that guy will be take the starting job. I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. Xavier Woods might beat him at the end of the day, but I still think they need a guy to push him.
1: And that's what I was going to ask is, like, you guys have been here a long time, so you know how the Cowboys think kind of, you know, what their mentality is. Is this something that you really, you know, expect them to actually get someone, although they've been saying they're okay right now?
2: Yeah, and, and I've said it before. I think that what you need to get at, at that position is somebody that's played a lot that can give you some leadership back there. And the longer they wait, the the less chance that that person's gonna have to come in and really take these guys under their wing because they're gonna be the new guy trying to learn it unless it's somebody who has played in Chris Richard's system that would uh, that would help. if, if we, gotta just, we gotta get in just
3: we got to get in one a week. We have
2: like a quota. you know I was I was just thinking how and you would love it, Dave. How awesome would it be if if we lived in a world where the guys, really talk the you know the other way hey Jeff do you really feel like the safety the starting safety here on this team I don't think so I mean I, I know we have a guy in there right now but I don't think so I think we've got to get somebody else I could say I don't know exactly who it'll be it might be that guy over here or this guy but um yeah I mean Xavier's doing a pretty good job we gotta get better like can you
3: imagine like if, if yeah was... I'd, I would love it I'd, I was thinking about that you know obviously the NBA finals are about to start NBA's been the big storyline for the last couple months. Like Draymond Green, everybody's Draymond. Greenish. I just love, just I just love how forthcoming that league is in general. You know, like you got Donovan Mitchell and Ben Stimmons like sniping at each other about who should win Rookie of the Year and <laughs> subtweeting each other and calling each other out. And they're, I mean, they play 82 games in the playoffs. The last three months, I, they, it's just a different if- culture. Like NFL players. Your contract's not guaranteed and the whole dynamic of the league is all about like do your job and it just it makes for it's kinda lame sometimes. If Jalen Smith would have had an awesome year last year, just
2: led the league in in tackles, whatever, could he have won rookie of the year? I don't know if he could have, but he should have been eligible. I mean that's that's the question yeah, here. It's that's the, the NBA it's the ben question Simmons of what's thing. going on
3: here. And, and if, if I don't Jaylen... think he was even
2: listed as a rookie, he's like a
3: one. Yeah. I, w- I mean, if you don't play a single game, I mean, if you don't get a single minute of action, I think you're still a rookie. Even I know you have an extra year in the weight room and all that, but I don't have a problem with that.
1: Well, speaking of Jalen, let's go. Ahead. I know a lot of fans keep asking about him and his mm-hmm. uh, leg, and he is playing without the brace. So that's a positive thing. Now we've seen him, you know, on the field, moving around. What are some of the things? And we talked about it last week, but people keep asking. For quick updates on him, what would be your newest update on Jalen Smith?
3: Uh, He did talk uh,
1: yesterday to the media, but again, it's like basic stuff that. I'm happy. I'm
3: happy to have some genuine confirmation about his brace because, like, I love Jalen Smith to death, but he's a frustrating person to cover because you can't always take his updates at his word. You know, I mean. He's such a positive guy. We've talked about it a million times. Like if you'd asked him during his real rookie training camp back in 2016, if he thought he's like, yeah, I'm going to play the season opener. And then it's like Jalen Smith says he's going to play the season opener. And then it's a story and it's not true. And like that has just been a repetitive cycle with Jalen where he is super optimistic and the real story is usually somewhere else. Uh, so I don't always trust that what I'm hearing about him is genuine, but at this point,
1: based on what you've seen, but well, I mean,
3: we've seen it with our own eyes. He's he's Mm -hmm. not wearing, I mean, he's not wearing it. He's said he's not wearing it. His coaches have said he's not wearing it. They've talked about, you know, how fluid and confident he looks. Jason Garrett, uh, had a good quote yesterday about how, you know, he, you always hear that he looks like he's not thinking about it, which that's a thing for a guy coming off an injury is you don't necessarily trust that the injured body part is going to be there for you the way that you need it to be. And I think he looks more confident that he can count on it. And so, yeah, I think that's big. Um, he plays a position that is also pretty hard to evaluate in OTAs. I mean, if you can't make real contact with people, I don't know how to evaluate you. But I feel, I feel super optimistic that, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-pro, but I mean, I just like the way his arrow is moving right now
1: gonna be interesting to watch how his instincts develop because that's one of the things that to my in my opinion he he needs to still work on which also affects his footwork because if you take off one side and then now you have to switch and we know his lateral movement is something that he's had the most trouble with so
2: you know it's uh, it's like a a left tackle who's not is not the best at, at, you know, as a blocker, he's got to almost jump off sides a little bit just to get that extra edge. And I think that's what happened a lot of times with Jalen Smith is that he had to guess. I mean, you have to, to, and sometimes when you guess, right, you look great and you're swiping all over the field and it looks good. But sometimes you have to guess to get that extra edge and, and, and you miss. And I think that you'll see less of that and see more of just the reacting instinct because he's able to cut and move like that. So um, that's It's, it's going to be interesting to, to see how this goes when we get a little bit more physical practices, games, and stuff like that.
3: I'm excited about what Leighton Vander Esch could mean for him because I just I think he'll be better if he doesn't have to play 100% of the snaps and do everything that your middle linebacker is supposed to do. And I can hear the counter argument like, well, you drafted him 34th overall, he should be able to do that stuff. Okay, but this is the reality of the situation. We're two years in, and if I told you that he's a much better player playing 65% of the snaps as opposed to 100, I'll take that, especially if I can use his natural athleticism to do stuff like rush the passer. I just think having Leighton Vander Esch there to help play Mike opens him up to just be like a Swiss Army knife type of player yeah. who can do a lot of different stuff,
1: okay, Liz. that's exciting. Sorry, Dave. No, um, I was going to move into the whole quarterback position, and a lot of people, we know how this goes. Either you like Dak or you hate him or you're ready to move on from him. Clearly, he's going to be your starting quarterback next um, this season. Right. So get over it. He's your guy. He's who we have.
3: And for 10 more seasons after that.
1: Probably. Well, we'll see how this one goes.
3: I'm just being a <laughs> <But laughs>
1: <laughs> but a lot of hype around Mike White. He's been looking pretty good out there. Now there are questions in regards to him and what his future may be and Cooper Rush, who becomes now your second guy behind Dak Prescott. So based on what you guys have seen so far, what are y'all's thoughts on those two guys? I
2: uh, I think Mike White throws a, a little bit a better ball. Um, I think he's got a better arm. And so in practice, you're going to see that more um cooper rush though he when the games you know when the lights went on he he moved the ball he moved the offense it didn't always look great but he got from point a to point b and down in the end zone every time and uh and a lot of times he did it and i think every time he did it in in the preseason they were trailing in the first half so he has this little moxie about him that's hard to to uh to really describe, it's a lot like what Dak had to a higher level the year before. So I, it, it's early right now. I think it, in practice, one guy's going to look better than the other. But I can promise you this. If, if if Mike White is leading this team to two field goals in seven possessions in the preseason and Cooper Rush has got four possessions and two touchdowns, we're going to be thinking differently about it or it's kind of the way, thinking the way Dave is thinking maybe right yeah. now. No,
3: you kind of, you you made my point for me. And, and not to be perfectly honest, like, Cooper Rush hasn't looked great in these two practices that we've seen. But I just, yeah, he's a gamer. He looked amazing last preseason. He got a little, very small amount of regular season experience against San Francisco, which is still something. Um, and I just, I, I would be surprised if two years in a row... The backup quarterback for this team is a rookie who's never played. Like I think when push comes to shove, Rush will have a good enough preseason and they will value that experience enough that I, I expect him to be the backup. Um the thing about Rush that people forget about too is just he his
2: athleticism is is underrated to me. I mean, he can make he's not exactly like Dak on these on these read options, but he made some plays with his feet last year. And I think that's something that if he had to play you can see that you wouldn't have that much of a drop-off. You're going to have some, but not that much.
1: Okay, here's a question from Twitter. Are there any chances of adding a veteran as far as the defensive tackle position that would be someone consider splashy? Uh, splashy, Splashy.
3: Splashy. Wh-
1: flashy.
3: Other than wide receiver Ashy. And <laughs> Richard Ashy? Yeah, I mean, that's... We already got Richard Ashy. Um... Other wide receiver and safety are like the only positions left in the NFL where there are "quote unquote" splashy players left. I mean, Jonathan Hankins is out there. The Cowboys don't want him. Um, other than that, I don't even know. I think if somebody else gets hurt or something else happens, yeah, I would expect him to. Yeah, um, Brad Marinelli and
2: splashy defensive linemen are, yeah. don't work. I mean, he doesn't want that guy. He he doesn't
3: want him out. There. He hasn't typically, and I mean, you know, and yeah, he's. He's got guys that he likes. Uh you know, Brian Price, Richard Ash. Uh there's one more one technique I'm not thinking of. Day- Dayton Jones is playing defensive tackle right now. I think I think that is probably what's keeping them from signing somebody right now is uh, position flexibility. Stop me if you've heard that before. Um yeah. So, I mean, they n- n- No. Short, <laughs> I could just say no. Short answer. See or no?
1: No. See no.
3: <laughs> or no? No, pretty
1: simple. Okay, Cowboy John is asking who would be the one to most likely make the 53 man roster out of Charles Stapper, Chaz Green, and Noah Brown?
3: Most likely of those three, yes. I'm gonna I'll just keep riding for my guys because I I love Noah Brown, I think he's gonna make it.
2: Yeah, I but, mean, that's a that's a good group of, of players because um, I could see. I could see no. I, I think Noah Brown is the answer of those three right
3: there. But one of my sneaky hot takes for the get ready for it is I'm not going to be surprised if Chaz Green makes this team, and I'm going to laugh at all the people who are mad about it. But <laughs> uh, I we'll wouldn't see. be
1: surprised either. I mean,
3: I just
2: I, we'll nobody see. cares about about making the team as long as you don't really have to play. Oh, at, sure. at a position that's going to hurt the team. If I'm he just plays saying guard. I think he'll be fine. He's, he's gonna out be out there at left tackle with no help.
1: Don't do that. Treated like Learn your Tyron lesson. Smith, lesson learned.
3: He's gonna be the eighth and final O lineman onto this team, and everybody's gonna lose their minds. But I just I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'm saying.
1: Now this is a wide shot because uh, we still have a lot to go through. But who would be the one guy as of right now that would be very surprising to you? Someone that. You would not imagine making the team and does it. it
2: makes the team? Yeah. Um,
1: like It would really surprise me if this person made the team.
2: Oh. Well, there, I mean, there's a lot of guys right now. Um, let's, let's let's try to answer it differently because you could maybe name 70 guys that come out of nowhere. I would say Jeff True. Heath five years ago. How about a guy that, that would surprise a lot of fans? if he made the team, but, but don't count this person out. Maybe that,
3: well, I just, I'll I'll, I'm going to cheat a little bit and just say the linebacker depth chart looks very easy to figure out. Like it, there is not a lot of room for a Cinderella story because you have three starters in Sean Lee, Damian, our Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, and Leighton Vander Esch. Damian Wilson gives you at four. Uh, You brought in Joe Thomas, to be your kind of backup and special teams guy. He's been starting while Sean Lee does his vet days. Uh, And then maybe you keep seven linebackers, but honestly, six wouldn't surprise me either. So that leaves one spot. You got Chris Covington, who you drafted. Uh, You got Justin March-Lillard, who was here last season. Like, there's not a lot of space for a rookie or an... He looked
1: good yesterday. Yeah,
3: there's, there's just not a lot of space at that position for you know an undrafted guy or something like that to to do anything. So that would surprise me. I'm going to give a name. Uh, I'm going to go with Donovan
2: Alumba. Cornerback. I like that. Uh long. He's he's one of the guys that just you know, he, he fits exactly what the, the prototype is. And they've got a few like that. It's not, he's not the only one, but I I think he's number Thirty-two. Yep, yeah, right? they need a new thirty-two. They do need a thirty-two. He's a lot taller than the last one. He is a lot taller
3: and uh, longer hair, longer arms. No, he had a he had a pick-six. I think last week, like he's he's flashed a couple times. Yeah.
1: All right, well,
3: and, his, and he went to college. Uh, He went to Broadus College. Did he really?
2: Before he went to Brian Broadus' College of Scouting. No, but (laughs) the college he went to—I forgot what I forgot what it's called exactly. But it was like something Broadus. It's the name of the university he went to. Nope, got to be good, right?
1: There you go. Okay, thank you for that. You're
2: welcome.
1: <laughs> All right, thank you guys for listening one more time. Uh, we'll hey, see real you. quick,
2: can what? I just say, if you're listening right now live, stay tuned because uh, Hang With The Boys is coming up next, and they're going to have a really, really special guest.
1: Well, there you have it. Make sure to tune in to DallasCowboys.com radio for Nick Inman, David Hellman, Ken Garrison, and Member Garcia. See you guys next week on The Break.